This podcast comes from WBEZ Chicago. You're only able to hear it because listeners just like you have donated in support of WBEZ podcasts. If you like what you hear, please make a donation today at WBEZ.org. WBEZ, radio for the curious class. Who's the what is going to be? When? Where, where do I? Why is it called? How many? Besides the most? How many people? I was wondering. When, 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 when are we going to get our? What is the? What? <laughs> You're listening to the Curious City podcast from WBEZ Chicago. You ask the questions. We answer them together. The Pullman neighborhood on Chicago's south side is small, but its history is huge. It was once its own town, the place where industrialist George Pullman built his enormous railcar factory and homes for workers. Pullman caught worldwide attention for being a model town and later an industrial neighborhood. But lately, Pullman has struggled. The major factories left and there are few jobs or businesses. That situation led curious listener Hannah Loftus to ask if Pullman will ever be revitalized. We sent WBEZ's Allison Cuddy to learn what's being tried. Many blocks in Pullman make clear the need for revitalization. Take Langley Avenue, south of 111th Street. One side's lined with quaint 19th-century row houses, but there are also board-ups and a few empty lots. Still, it's easy to find people who want to talk about the state of their community. Langley Park is packed with elementary school kids and their parents, like Jesse Jennings Sr. They've been talking about redoing the, um, the plant and all of the construction and stuff up there on 111, going back... Um, I'm 36, you're talking about 25 years. I've been hearing about it since I was little, but nothing has been done. Jennings has his baby boy in his arms. He thinks the lack of investment hurts Pullman's greatest asset, its diversity. It's a multiracial community that really pretty much sticks together. All the kids know each other, all of the parents know each other, and this is what America's supposed to be about is rebuilding our community. Yeah, he want to be on the radio. You see the mic, man? Jennings' son isn't the only person trying to speak. These days, lots of people are talking about Pullman and how to turn things around. For some, the real moneymaker is Pullman's rich history. We'll start as as if a person arrived by train 100 years ago. (laughs) Michael Shemansky is president of the Pullman Historic Foundation. He's taking me on a tour of the neighborhood's landmarks. It's pretty cool. A lot of Pullman's 19th century infrastructure is still around. One after another, Shemansky points out the factory's large clock tower, the Hotel Florence, the Greenstone Church, and more. People could walk to work. They could walk to shopping here on the arcade site. They could do produce shopping at Market Hall. They could walk to school, walk to parks. (laughs) And they were just a few steps from a train station that would take them downtown. Shemansky and others think people would pay good money to somehow experience the area's history, like how America's first black labor union has its roots here, or why a worker strike turned violent. By the way, those events became world history. Trouble is, there are few programs to tell those stories, and no gift shops so people can buy historic Pullman souvenirs. Still, Shemansky's vision is not just a pipe dream. Powerful people are lining up behind the idea of history as a development tool. A Pullman National Park will also help connect currently underserved 
urban Americans to national parks and create opportunities for tourism, development, and job creation in Chicago's economically depressed South Side. Finally, Mr. Chairman, that's former Congressman Jesse Jackson Jr. back in 2012 asking fellow legislators to approve a study to determine whether Pullman could be turned into a national park. Jackson got his study, and he got lots of support. Everyone I talk to in Pullman likes the idea. Apparently, the National Park Service does, too. Insiders say their study is due any day, and they predict it will be a high five for making Pullman into a national park. Pullman's alderman, Anthony Beal, is a fan of the proposal, but he sees Pullman's history as a means to another end. It will help bring more resources and more attention to the historic district, and uh, having that extra attention will help us with the long-range goals that we're trying to accomplish. Beal wants the area to be a transportation hub, and he thinks Pullman would be the perfect home for Obama's presidential library. So would a national park help him achieve those goals? Advocates point to Lowell, Massachusetts. Like Pullman, Lowell has important history. It was once a major part of the American textile industry. In 1978, it was turned into a national park. Thirty years later, a study concluded that the park and related preservation efforts did draw, even sped up, investment. But here's the thing. Pullman already has lots of historic designations, from the city, from the state, and from the federal government. That certainly helped preserve the neighborhood. And people already come to Pullman for house tours and garden walks. But, I mean, it doesn't really generate any kind of income. So I'm hopeful, but I'm not going to hold my breath. <laughs> Longtime resident Sharon Biggerstaff thinks Pullman's problem is what it doesn't have. When she wants to buy groceries or have a drink or get something to eat, bigger stuff has to leave the neighborhood. Pullman doesn't even have a coffee shop. I mean, it would be nice to then have, you know, some kind of restaurants or something around here. There's really not a whole lot. There's not any of that. And this is why not everyone is betting on Pullman's past. Certainly the historic parks are important and, you know, we want to be sensitive to that, but unless it's a a desirable community with all the amenities that people expect, you know, people aren't going to want to live there. David Doig is the president of the Chicago Neighborhood Initiatives. His group and others are trying lots of different things to revitalize Pullman. On the small scale, they're backing an artist space and they're rehabbing some historic row houses. But he's brought me up to the 11th floor of the U.S. Bank building right near the Bishop Ford Freeway to see his master plan. Doig points out the window. Pullman actually created this back in the late 1880s and 1890s and actually brought debris from the Chicago fire down um, and used it to create this landmass. Doig and I are looking at a huge 180-acre site, which used to be home to a steel processing plant. Now it's becoming a mixed-use real estate development called Pullman Park. Doig says eventually thousands of housing units, a recreational facility, and a park will be built. At the moment, though, construction is underway on what he hopes will be the economic engine of this new community. Not another massive factory, but a series of big-box retailers, including Walmart. Off in the distance, historic Pullman is still visible. But if this new development is any clue, revitalization won't just involve Pullman's past. It means creating a whole new neighborhood. A Pullman 2.0. Allison Cuddy, WBEZ.
So there's a bit of an update since we completed this story this summer. Remember the National Park Service was doing a study to see if Pullman should become a national park? Well, the feds did complete the study and concluded that yes, it should be one. But there's still a lot more work to do. It doesn't mean it's a done deal. Congress still has to approve it, and there are a lot more steps. While we're waiting, you should go check Pullman out. It's a really interesting neighborhood. And if you're not in Chicago, you can see photos. We have a bunch of snapshots over at wbez.org slash curiouscity. Just a friendly reminder, if you have a question about Chicago, the region, or its people, we are open for business. We take your questions over at wbez.org slash curiouscity. Keep them coming, and thanks for listening. City is produced by WBEZ, Chicago Public Media, Ziga, and AIR, the Association of Independence and Radio. Our senior producer is Jennifer Brandell. Shauna Lee edits the series, and Logan Jaffe is our multimedia producer. The Curious City podcast is mixed by Sarah Liu with help from Mickey Capper and editing oversight by Andrew Gill. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or listen to our back catalog in SoundCloud. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at WBEZ Curious City. Lead financial support for Curious City comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Chicago Public Media creates award-winning content about the issues that affect our community, our nation, and our world. More information is available at chicagopublicmedia.org. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week.